over the last, some of you I've known five years, and some of you three years, some of you even less time than that. But I want to say that I am so thankful that we have such wonderful ladies in our church here. Ladies that genuinely and truly love God and love their families. And they want to see their families leave a mark on society. And I'm thankful for that. And I wanted to also give you a little brief report of our outreach ministry yesterday because there were six of us ladies that were able to make the trip to Tennessee this weekend. But for the ones that were not able to come that supported us from home monetarily and prayerfully, I appreciate it. We had a little 92-year-old lady that actually ministered to us while we were up there. We went to be a blessing to them. And I remember Ryan had mentioned a few weeks ago that he believed that we would be come away being blessed as well. And we were. This little 92-year-old lady, she came out of her apartment. She was able to walk. She had been preparing potato salad for the potluck dinner that they were preparing. And we were so blessed to be invited to and sit down and eat with the ladies. But as she began to minister to us, she had pastored in the Church of God for 47 years. And of all places, Ryan's hometown, Kokomo, Indiana. And I just thank God because she came out. And I want to share with you what she shared with us because I believe it was a word for our ladies here. And for you that weren't able to come, I don't want you to be left behind with what she said to us. She first came out and she appreciated all of the men that had given her support. That was the first thing she said out of her mouth. One of the second things she said out of her mouth was, I have no complaints. Now how many of us, even at the age and the health and all of the situations that we face today can can say, I have no complaints? I just was amazed by the word of God that she was able to, she was still quoting the scripture. She was in her right mind and God was still using her to minister. But one of the things that I want to share, and it's not only for our ladies because it can apply to our men as well. She said the best is yet to come. And I believe that for Five Stones Church. I believe we've just only begun. We're still a young church. We're three years old. She said one of the main blessings of her life was to see a new church organized. And I just was sitting there just taking it all in. We were crying. We were receiving. We were soaking. But I just believe for our church that the best is yet to come. And I'm going to speak to someone this morning. And I don't want the men to shut it all out because you wouldn't be here if if you didn't have a mother. So this will apply to you today too, what we share this morning with you. But I want you to realize that no matter where you are in your life, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what season you're in. God is not done with you yet. And you're proof that you're sitting here this morning that God has still got something He wants you to do. And the best is yet to come. And I just had to share that. But I want you all just to bow your heads this morning. And I want you all to just ask God to open your heart, open your ears, that you might receive and hear what God has for you this morning. Father, we just give our eyes, our ears, our hearts, Lord, spiritually and physically, God, to you this morning that we might see, we might hear, and we might receive, God, what your word has for us this morning. We just give you praise and glory over these women. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the instrumental places that they 
are in our lives and that they the marks that they've made the influences upon us and we just give you praise and glory and we thank you lord for your word today we thank you for it your truth and we thank you god that you are a great big god and you know exactly lord jesus what you desire to do in each of our lives and we give you praise in jesus name amen i entitled this morning the message the making of a masterpiece and for those of you that have heard me teach before, I keep telling Ryan, he says, are you going to preach? I said, no, I know what my gift is. When God shifts me over, if he chooses to at some point in time, I will know that he's called me to preach. But at this time, I'm a teacher. But those of you that have heard me teach, I like to break down the words so that you can understand it on a simpler level. But the making of a masterpiece is a masterpiece is a person's greatest piece of work. And I believe we as mothers can say that our children are the greatest treasure that God has given us this side of heaven. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the of the womb as his reward and a heritage is something reserved for one and I thought that was interesting when I started to research what a heritage was we all say we want to leave something behind and we all realize that it's not material things that mean anything once we've gone on to the other side but it's what we have left here on earth that can continue to share God's love and that's our children we are a part of God's design to be mothers that invest in our children's lives. And being a mother requires, and Ryan, Ryan, of course, didn't know what I was going to speak on this morning, but the little video that we saw, the little clip there that we saw, it requires many skills, many characteristics, and many abilities. And it is the greatest responsibility, but the most rewarding responsibility that God could ever give us. And I'm thankful this morning that God blessed me with two wonderful sons, Tyler and Logan. Y'all are my world. You're everything to me. And I'm so thankful that I can say that God has blessed me to be a mother. But I wanted to bring out three women this morning that are in the Bible. If you want to, the reference in the first lady is found in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. And we're going to go to a few of the scriptures there this morning. 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. And I don't think it was an accident this morning that we prayed for the little stuffed animal for Hannah. I thought about it this morning. Hannah is our first mother that we're going to look at. And even though Hannah had many, many qualities, many, many characteristics, the one that I wanted to bring before you this morning was she was a prayer warrior. Hannah was barren. She was unable to have any children. But she would go into the temple and she would pray. And first Samuel fifteen first Samuel chapter one verse fifteen it says And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor str- strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. 
So Hannah had gone before the Lord and she had told him that she was of a sorrowful spirit. And the reason why she was so sorrowful is because she was unable to have a baby. And then verse 19 says, And they rose up in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So the first thing is she poured out her soul before the Lord. And by her pouring out her soul before the Lord, the Lord remembered her. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 3, going on into chapter 3, verse 19, it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. And what I wanted to bring out to you about Hannah this morning, she was barren, but she didn't give up. She went to the temple over and over again, and she prayed. She poured out her heart before the Lord and let him know why she was sorrowful. So it's very important for us this morning to be prayer warriors. That's the first thing that we need to set aside in our homes is a time of prayer. We can do it. I remember when Tyler and Logan were small, I would hear these people, and they would say, well, I set aside an hour a day to go and pray. And I'd be like... I don't know how I would have an hour to pray, but I learned to pray while I was ironing, while I was vacuuming the floor, while I was doing the dishes, while I was washing the clothes. And I can remember some of the greatest times that I had with the Lord was while I was doing my daily chores. And so, ladies, don't let the enemy teach you out of your prayer time because that's your foundation of your home. That's where God speaks to you and makes you sensitive to the needs of your children and to your family. And he also speaks to you and directs you as to how that you need to deal with your situations from day to day. So because Hannah was a woman of prayer, she became the mother of Samuel and he became the prophet and was called by God when he was just a boy. Remember him being called and he, he didn't know who was calling him and Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And he gave his heart and his life over to God when he was just a child. And that's what we need to do because I heard a recent statistic and I even posted it. So some of you probably have already read it. But the statistic is the most unreached age group now is ages 4 to 14. So we got to be busy training our babies and our children. We've got to get the word instilled in them because we all know that when you're ages 4 to 14, those are some of the greatest temptations. And you're actually setting a foundation for the rest of your life, especially when you get to those teen years, those pre-teens, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. So we need to be busy. If you are a ministry um, helper here in our church in those age groups, I want you this morning to really take that serious and realize that we're not here just to tell Bible stories. We're here to instill the power of God and how that it works on a day-to-day basis in our children's lives so that they'll know he's real and he's not just a story. Our second mother, of course, is the most famous mother in the Bible. I look at Eve, and I think, you know, she was our first mother, but to me this one trumps all of them, and that would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 down through verses 38, we're going to hit on some of those those verses this morning in Luke 1, 26 
through 38, Mary's obedience really stood out to me because Mary had to be a special type of young lady in order for God to choose her to carry his son. And um, we see down Luke, we're going to start with Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast about in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Verse 30 says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. I'm going to stop there before we go on to verse 34. Now, ladies, if, we, if you found yourself pregnant, didn't know how it happened, and then an angel shows up and gives you this salutation, would you not be pondering and going over this like she was in her mind? Wonderful. You know, I'd be thinking, oh, God, I'm highly favored. With God, that's wonderful. And then he goes on and explains that she's going to conceive in her womb and bring forth a, a son, and his name will be Jesus. He's going to be son of the Most Highest, and the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. That would be a lot to process for me. I would be, how is this going to happen? Well, in verse 34, she was a woman just like us. And in verse 34, it says, Then Mary, then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy being who shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 36 goes on and says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Another barren mom finding herself with a baby. Verse 38 goes on and says, And Mary said, and this is what I want you to get this morning, because she had to be obedient. What if she had argued with God? What if she had argued with the angel and said, I can't do this. This is much too big for me. But this was Mary's response in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So that shows me Mary's heart. She had to be so prepared for this word that the angel brought to her because if you had not been in a place of obedience there would be no way you could have received that word from from God but Mary we know went on to be the mother of Jesus the savior of the world and the savior of all our sins and I'm just so thankful this morning for Hannah and for Mary and then the third mother I wanted to bring to your attention this morning was Jochebed, and she is not mentioned hardly at all in the Bible. But in um, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 2, you will find 
there's a scripture in verse 2, and it says, And the woman, she didn't even, they didn't even say her name at that, at that scripture. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Jochebed was a protector. She was a protector. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. And Moses went on to become the leader of the Exodus, leading his people out of the land of Egypt. Jochebed lived in Egypt where the descendants of Israel were being oppressed by King Pharaoh. He had decreed that all their baby boys be born or be be thrown into the Nile River because he feared that they might become more powerful than him. So Jochebed, Moses' mom, she had to already have a heart to be a protector. And she had to be sensitive because when she knew that the the King Pharaoh was trying to destroy all of the baby boys, she had to become not only a protector, but she had to become creative. We all know she went out, she got the 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 bulrushes and she assembled a little basket. We all call that. You know, we talk about Moses and the boat or you know, we talk about that in the little kids' classes and you know, we teach them about how that that his mother protected him. But you know, there was a season that she had to release Moses into that river. She received him as her son. But she also had to release him. And we have to have a plan in place because we have an enemy, the devil. And he wants to destroy our children just like Pharaoh was trying to destroy those those sons. And he wants to destroy not necessarily the lives of our children, but the destinies. He wants to take that from them because he knows that God is going to use them in great and mighty ways. And, and you know, we know this mother, the mother of Moses, she had to be sensitive and she had to be aware that her son had a greater purpose and she wasn't going to about to let him be destroyed. We are mothers, and these are some things that, that I believe we need to share this morning. We are prayer warriors praying for our children. We are obedient, listening to God and doing what he asks us to do on behalf of our children. We are protectors. We want to make sure that our children are out of harm's way and their destinies are protected. We accept our children for who they are and not for what they are able to achieve. We are sensitive to the needs of our children. We can listen to them and learn what is bothering them and what their needs are. We are nurturers. We support and encourage our children through every phase of their development. We are teachers. We teach our children who Jesus is. We teach them God's love. We are equipped to love our children unconditionally. Sometimes we think, oh my, you know, why did my child do that? But you know, it's kind of like forgetting the pain of childbirth. You don't hold that against your children. We love them unconditionally. We model love so that our children will become both recipients of our love, but also able to go out and share the love they've received to others. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 
We are teachers of his precepts, of his statutes, and of his commandments. I'm reminded at this season in my life, we are given our children, we receive them, but there's also seasons in our life that we have to release them. And it can be a tough season because we know they're protected, we know they're nurtured, we know they're taken care of as long as they're under our roof. But at the point we have to release them, it's a whole different season in our life. Hannah reminds us that our children really belong to the Lord. They are with us just for a brief time. But just as Hannah cherished every minute she had with Samuel, she knew from the very beginning who who he really belonged to. As moms, we have the wonderful privilege of raising our children for however long they're with us. Our children are unique, and they are true treasures from heaven. We must enjoy every step of this parenting journey, for these children grow up way too fast. And then Mary reminds us that our children require us to be sensitive to their individual needs. The angel gave Mary a glimpse of what what Jesus was going to ultimately accomplish in his purpose, So at least she kind of had an inkling of what he was going to be. And I think we can pick up on that with our children. We can see different qualities and talents and abilities that God has blessed our children with. And then that gives us an opportunity to push them into those areas that God has already equipped them to, to be working and using them in. But Mary received the promise, but she was also obedient to allow her son to fulfill his purpose She gave her son for the sacrifice of our sins. And then Jochebed reminds us that even though she was the biological mother of Moses, it was much more important that she gave up her desire to raise him in order for him to remain safe. She released him into the river in order to save an entire nation. She laid aside what she could have kept and and she could have held on to selfishness. And then what would have happened, he would have been destroyed. And then that nation would not have been saved. But she knew he had a greater purpose. And moms, I want to talk to you this morning and just remind you, our children have a greater purpose than what we even know. We mothers do. We pick up on We're sensitive. We see talents. We, we want to encourage them. And, you know, there's no greater, no greater joy for a mom than to see her children worshiping the Lord. That's the greatest joy that could ever be. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, God has given us so many wonderful next generation kids coming up in this church that love God and they are committing their talents, they're committing their abilities, their their gifts back to God. And that's what we have to do. Hannah actually committed Samuel back to God because she knew that she was only going to have him for a short period of time. The story went on to say he lived in the temple. Now, what mom could actually give her child up to live in the temple? But she was not selfish because she knew that his great purpose could not be fulfilled until she released him to do what God had called him to do. Same with Mary. Jesus purpose was bigger than being Mary's son. His purpose was to touch every one of our lives over 200 years later. 
and it still goes on. And if she had held on to Jesus and not released him that day at the cross, our sins would not be covered under his blood. And then also Jochebed with Moses. If she had not released him in that Nile River, I, I, I have to think as a mom, you know, you saw the mom goggle thing. My thing is there were crocodiles and alligators and there were all kinds of, of harmful things in that Nile River. But she knew, I believe she knew in her heart that God was going to take care of Moses and that he was safer released than it was for her to hold on to him. And we, you know, we come to seasons in our life, we still have to be a support for, you know, you have the, you know, that the small children, the infants and the toddlers, and then the pre-K and the kindergarten and the elementary, middle school, high school. You get all through those different seasons, and you have to learn. God gives you our gifts of our children, but every day we're releasing them. We're releasing them back to what God's purpose and design and destiny is for their life. So this morning I stand up here to say this is a season in my life where I am learning to release. But I thank God that he has a greater purpose than me just being a mother of my sons. He wants to use them and he has a destiny and a call and a purpose for every one of our children. And I thank God this morning that, like I said when I began the the message this morning, that we have godly women here at Five Stones Church that desire to see their children go beyond any dream that we ever could dream for our children. I want to share with you a, a few little phrases, and it's from the author Irma Bombeck. And she says, if I had my life to live over... I would have gone to bed when I was sick instead of pretending the earth would go into a holding pattern if I weren't there for a day. I would have burned the pink candle sculpted like a rose before it melted in storage. I would have talked less and listened more. I would have invited friends over to dinner even if the carpet was stained or the sofa was torn. I would have eaten the popcorn in the good living room and worried much less about the dirt when someone wanted to light a fire in the fireplace. I would have taken the time to listen to my grandfather rumble and ramble on about his youth. I would have shared more of the responsibility carried by my husband. I would never have insisted the car windows be rolled up on a summer day because my hair had just been fixed. I would have sat on the lawn with, the, with my grass stains and not worried about it. I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. I would never have bought anything just because it was practical, wouldn't show soil, or was guaranteed to last a lifetime. Instead of wishing away nine months of pregnancy, I'd have cherished every moment and realized that the wonderment growing inside me was the only chance in life to assist God in a real miracle. When my kids kissed me impetuously, I would never have said later, now go get washed up for dinner. There would have been more I love yous and more I'm sorry's. But mostly, given another shot at life, I would seize every moment, look at it, and really see it live it and never give it back and I'd stop sweating all the small stuff. 
thank you this morning. I hope that there was something that blessed your heart. Over the last, some of you I've known five years, and some of you three years, some of you even less time than that. But I want to say that I am so thankful that we have such wonderful ladies in our church here. Ladies that genuinely and truly love God and love their families. And they want to see their families leave a mark on society and I'm thankful for that and I wanted to also give you a little brief report of our outreach ministry yesterday because there were six of us ladies that were able to make the trip to Tennessee this weekend but for the ones that were not able to come that supported us from home monetarily and prayerfully I appreciate it we had a little 92 year old lady that actually ministered to us while we were up there, we went to be a blessing to them. And I remember Ryan had mentioned a few weeks ago that he believed that we would be come away being blessed as well. And we were. This little 92-year-old lady, she came out of her apartment. She was able to walk. She had been preparing potato salad for the potluck dinner that they were preparing. And we were so blessed to be invited to and sit down and eat with the ladies. But as she began to minister to us, she had pastored in the Church of God for 47 years. And of all places, Ryan's hometown, Kokomo, Indiana. And I just thank God because she came out. And I want to share with you what she shared with us because I believe it was a word for our ladies here. And for you that weren't able to come, I don't want you to be left behind with what she said to us. She first came out and she appreciated all of the men that had given her support. That was the first thing she said out of her mouth. One of the second things she said out of her mouth was, I have no complaints. Now how many of us, even at the age and the health and all of the situations that we face today can can say, I have no complaints? I just was amazed by the word of God that she was able to, she was still quoting the scripture. She was in her right mind and God was still using her to minister. But one of the things that I want to share, and it's not only for our ladies because it can apply to our men as well. She said the best is yet to come. And I believe that for Five Stones Church. I believe we've just only begun. We're still a young church. We're three years old. She said one of the main blessings of her life was to see a new church organized. And I just was sitting there just taking it all in. We were crying. We were receiving. We were soaking. But I just believe for our church that the best is yet to come. And I'm going to speak to someone this morning. And I don't want the men to shut it all out because you wouldn't be here if if you didn't have a mother. So this will